the ghost of future stroked out Trump. And this would just be him, but with an awful stroke with a permanent like piss stain in his pants, warning him that if he does run for president again, he will just become president. And from the insane stress that will result from doing that again in the onslaught. Another edition of the Bituation Room podcast live stream. I am your very clean host uh, for Jessica Fiorentini. Uh, here with you once again on a Sunday evening. Hi, everything good. I had coffee yesterday at 5 p.m. and I didn't go to sleep till 5 a.m. So I'm fine. I'm old. I am old. And susceptible to sweet things and caffeine. Um, we have such a good show for you today. Comedian Anthony Atamanik is here. And journalist and writer Molly Jongfast is here also. So excited to have them to break down what has been just kind of uh, a pretty disappointing week. I'm not going to lie. Uh, when it comes to Democrats doing anything. Just getting anything done. And um, particularly when it comes to the Build Back Better bill and trying to leverage one Joe Manchin um, and his little Maserati. At this point, I'm pretty convinced that the Sunrise Movement has done more to stop Joe Manchin than anyone by physically getting in front of his car. Um, but but I'm excited to, you know, break it all down with you guys. Uh, in addition, of course, um, because it is Christmas, we are going to talk about if we were to create a Christmas carol for anyone in power, who would we choose and which three spirits would we send to that person to get them to, you know, change their ways, do a little 180. So I want to hear your answers and we're going to be talking about it at the end of the show. Plus, this show doesn't just end at the end. It goes on, just like Celine Dion's heart. Uh, we have a bonus bish at the end of every single episode. Today, another heartthrob bites the dust because he's secretly a creep. We're going to talk about Sex in the City's Mr. Big, Christopher Noth, being, oh, an accused sexual assaulter. Uh, and sort of the, you know, the creep goes on in Hollywood and entertainment, um, in comedy. Uh, Louis C.K. has a special out, self-released, self-released. So, hey, that's, you know, it was it is what it is. Um, but you can get access to that by becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. You can watch it live. You can listen back. You can just be a part of it. And thank you to everyone who's become a patron thus far. I hope you've enjoyed all the extra bonus content um, that you've gotten there. And honestly, like I've said before, this situation has not changed. Look, I have gone out every single day. Mama goes out and she tries to get advertisers, you know, just show them a little leg on the street. Yoo-hoo! Doesn't work. Hasn't worked yet. So at this point, this show is 100% funded by you. The Frantifa, the good people of the ether. Uh, and thank you so much once again for your support. And if you can't support, that's okay. 
just stop right now and give this podcast five stars, okay? Just just stop exfoliating, all right? I know you're on skin step number seven and give this, rate this podcast five stars. That goes a long way. And of course, if you're here, like and share this stream right now um, and subscribe on Twitch. If you're on Twitch, what up? Also, you can just tip the show, tbr-live on Venmo, TBR Live on Cash App. Thank you to everyone who's given a little something, something around the holidays to this desperately. Um, this this podcast has been both naughty and nice. You know what I'm saying? Just like, why do we have to be so binary about it? Um, and also, I wanted to let you know, in case you haven't gotten your Frantifa merch, you can get it at any point. Bituationroom.com. If you're a patron, you get 20% off. And if you take a photo of yourself wearing or holding or, you know, I don't know, smelling a piece of Frantifa merch with the hashtag Frantifa squad. It enters you into a holiday merch raffle. I'm raffling off three books that I just absolutely love. They feature writers who've been on this show before. Uh, we Own the Future, Democratic Socialism, American Style, How to Change Everything by Naomi Klein, Revolution in the Air by Max Elbaum. So do that. Do it. Hashtag Frantifa swag, not squad. Hashtag Frantifa swag. There's only like 10 people who've entered. And I feel like a couple of them are people who've entered multiple times. That's not fair. I don't know who I'm channeling. Um, lastly, before we get into this week, because my God, there's so much to bitch about. <sighs> I wanted to let you guys know that on January 9th, which is a Sunday, we're going to be live at SF Sketchfest with Alicia Garza, who's been on the show before. Um, also with Nato Green, comedian, labor organizer, Alicia Garza, one of the co-founders of the hashtag BLM movement, um, and now at Black Futures Lab doing awesome work there, been with Domestic Workers United. So that's January 9th at 8 p.m. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Bit.ly slash TBR Sketchfest. TBR Sketchfest. Um, also, you can get, like, just Google Sketchfest. Uh, it'll be good. And with that, have I said everything? Have we done everything? All right. Let's get into it, you guys. This is What Are You Bitching About? (laughs) I do have guests, and they're coming. But uh, give them a moment to arrive, okay? Um, But I wanted to... Like switch switch it up a little bit this week. I usually don't do this because I think it's unfair to be like, I just want to be positive. No, I'm asking you to be negative. Get your bitch caps on. We've talked about the bitch cap. Bitch caps coming to bituationroom.com. I'm going to make them. It'll be embroidered. It'll be great. Um, They'll have like, it'll be like the beanie with the little propeller on it. Yeah, it's your bitch cap. You know what it is. You can take off, conquer the world. All right, I'm done. No. So I wanted to switch it up because... This has been a really hard Sunday, and it's been a really hard week in general for feeling like the United States is moving in a direction away from fascism. Uh, But in another part of the Americas, in Chile, in South America, um, Gabriel Boric, who is a leftist um, congressperson who was in the running for president, just won. He is 35 years old. 
Um, he, again, is a progressive, came out of the Frente Amplio. He came out of the student movement in 2011, which, if you guys remember, was a huge movement in Chile where um, they were responding to a raise in tuition prices. So that's what happens uh, when instead of, you know, becoming cynical and jaded, you actually take the streets. I'm not being that that elderly person going like kids these days, but honestly, kids these days, we should take the streets a little bit more, um, especially when it comes to things like education. And so Gabrielle Boric came out of that movement. Camila Vallejo was someone else who came out of that movement. Uh, she's awesome. And these are almost like the squad of Chile. And so Gabrielle Boric was sworn in in 2014. And seven years later, he's the fucking president. That's pretty amazing. And so to give us some perspective, uh, whenever we feel like, I don't know, the squad hasn't done enough. What are they doing? Why do we vote? Why do na, 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 na. Give them time. All right. AOC 2024. I'm not sleeping on it. 20, maybe 2028. Who knows? Um, I think it's possible and the impossible will take a little bit, it a little while as, as Gabrielle Boric just proved. And also, this is in, you know, a few months after Pedro Castillo in Peru, a socialist leader also, um, became president as well against a far-right opponent. And you know that phrase, sort of like socialism or barbarism? Like, I feel like that applies so much today. And we're seeing the way that, like, Biden, for example trying to find a middle ground of like, hey, we don't want socialism or barbarism. We just want the status quo. That doesn't work, actually. You're not going to get shit done. Uh, because unless you actually stick it to corporations and dark money, uh, they're going to run roughshod over you. They're going to be pulling the strings. So um, what what's it going to be? What's it going to be? All right, you guys. And with that, I want to bring in um, for the hour. He was the host and creator of Comedy Central's President Show, the only impression of Trump that I recognize. I want everyone to know that the best and the only impression of Trump. Uh, he's the co-host of the new podcast, The Phony and Collie Show. <laughs> Please welcome Anthony Atamanik. Hey, hey, everybody. How's it What's going? going on, Tony? How are you? Uh, I'm okay. You know, I'm just uh, trying to not go anywhere again. It's like uh, <laughs> pretty wild that like within a couple of days, you're like, oh, I guess it's like February of 2020. You know, Yo. everyone's just sort of freaking out. I went to pick up a prescription at the Dwayne Reed and mm. uh, <laughs> and I two people asked for COVID tests in front of me in line while I was waiting for this person to fill their prescription. And I had mm. like an apoplectic moment where I got so panicked that they were asking for tests. I'm embarrassed to admit this, that I start like, and the other person was up at line arguing about how many pills they should get. And I sort of <laughs> put my hands on my head and went, man, like that, like I was that person in like two masks and like a hoodie and sunglasses because I think the sunglasses will like somehow prevent it from going in my eyes. And someone came up to the counter and was like, what do you need, sir? And I was like, it's a free one. It's just like a statin. And they were like, okay. And they like hustled me out. And I left satisfied. Like I did it. I got my prescription fast. But I got I like, my anti-anxiety meds. Which... But I was like a threatening, <laughs> but I was like a threatening behooded, like sunglassed person who became so socially unmoored that they were like, get him out of here. So that's how I'm doing. <laughs> 
Oh my God, that is very mean girls. Like she doesn't even go here, just you in a hoodie and glasses. Like, oh my God. So you just got freaked out because everyone, essentially everyone has Omicron. Well, I just, the the profile of the people asking too, they looked like they attended SantaCon in my head. So even though, you know, I couldn't even see their faces, but I'm like, they went to SantaCon, they're disgusting. And like, you know, it's like, it triggers every part of me that has hated disease and people who were sick or go, it's just a cough for and years Santa. before this. Yeah. Well, the Monday phony and collie uh, Christmas special will answer the question about whether Santa is vaccinated or not. Oh, uh, we talked about that. the real war on Christmas, which is yeah. oh, the war on Santa's and yeah. our last bonus episode with Gareth Reynolds, because that's actually what's creating a Santa shortage right now is COVID. They are like, of course, squarely in the middle of like a, a community with pre-existing conditions, like being yeah. a Santa is a pre-existing condition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every earmark of our society that we take for granted I think, you know, folks who maybe come from every strata of life is like Santa's and like counter workers at like fast food joints and uh, people who work at hotels, uh, drivers, taxi, you know, drivers, delivery mm-hmm. people, all these people who we pay. I mean, it's not like Santa's make a lot. Everyone makes shit. All every sure. group of those people make shit. And all of them are finally going, fuck this. I ain't I'm not doing this for this. And I love that the reaction from a lot of people is like, it's, you know, I can't believe we don't have our Santa. Like, this is so terrible. (laughs) We need to make the conditions so that they can come back. And I love it because that person's also not just going, it's unsafe. It's like the dawning on them of going, I'm also getting screwed. I'm getting financially screwed. All the gig workers, all the, the, what do you call permalance workers who, who, you know, Permalance, which is That's just like my life, gross. and I didn't even realize that was an actual phrase. And now my wife, I feel uh, sick. Is permalance, so she's <sighs> she's the person who talks about that. Is that was that my bitch, or should I, I bitch about what, something? That else? was your bitch. Okay, I think that's that was what you my were bitch. About I think all right. that's uh, we'll that's talk all about the time we've got. Errant drone strikes later. <laughs> that was what I was going to talk about. Was errant drone strikes? You, so you just mean drone strikes? Yeah, exactly. In general, <laughs> all of them. Um, all right. Well, we have to bring in my other guest. Um, she is a writer for the Atlantic and Vogue magazine. She hosts the New Abnormal podcast, and you can find her newsletter. Wait, what? Through the Atlantic. Please welcome Molly Jong Fast. Hi. Oh, I love the Hi. clapping. That was so nice. I'm a huge fan. What? No. Of course. Are you kidding me? I always look for if you like something I po- post too, because oh. then I'm like, that, then I'm validated. I, I, that's very, that's, I'm always shocked when anyone, you know, I have three teenage children. So my self esteem is like, they're all like, you're terrible. Oh <laughs> except, what, except my daughter, who's really nice and who's now, who oh, hears this and is a little offended. But the other two are literally like, one of my kids was like, you know, the Daily Beast isn't that great. And I was like, where do you even look? He was like, he's like, one. I said, who told you that? He's like, one of my friends. And I was like, well, I'm glad to hear it. So, yeah. I love to have that, like, actually being a cool mom is, like, the most obnoxious thing to a child. That, like, you oh, yeah. got, like, 
almost a million followers on Twitter. You're like crushing it. And they're like, um, it's not even that like great. Whatever. What I'm telling like, they can't stand it. The best moment ever of my parenting career was I was like, should I go on TikTok? And my kids were like, one of my kids came to me crying. And was like, if you go on TikTok, it will ruin our lives. Like, you've already ruined Twitter and Instagram for us. They're like, you, this is a bridge too far. Don't touch TikTok. And I was we like, need oh. safe space, mom. They were, they were, one of them was literally weeping. Like, he was like, I just can't. He was like, it will ruin my life. <laughs> Molly, before we move into the, the week and everything that happened, I wanted to ask you, what are you bitching about now? I mean, I've done like nine COVID tests. All I do, I wake up in the morning and I do a COVID test because I'm convinced I'm going to have it or I have it already because everyone I know, literally everyone I know has it. Like you walk down the street and you see someone and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have it. We're have outdoor masks. We'll talk about this in in the week, but like, were outdoor masks sort of like a thing of the past in New York, or were yeah. people still sort of wearing them? And now maybe they're back to wearing them. Uh, I never. I mean, once I had my vax, I thought wearing masks outdoors was crazy. But now right. I feel like everyone's just—it's so contagious, and everyone here is so sick that it just, you see people are just like, whatever they can do. <laughs> to, right. You know, yeah. I mean, what's so interesting is we had like, I want to say from when I got vaccinated with the two shots, which was like February, because remember I was in the trial. So I got vaccinated from Yale where I was doing the trial. Um, oh. So it very oh, wow. fancy. <laughs> well, they moved, they, <laughs> they put the trial at Yale because they needed more people who had HIV and because it was in New Haven. So New Haven, oh, yeah. Okay. So it wasn't yeah. like we went to Yale because it was, and then they told me there was room, and I went into the trial. I mean, it was not, uh, I, you know, no, you know, it's a hot, it's a very big hospital and a very good hospital system. So, uh, and so I got my shots in February, and since then I have been pretty like the evidence was pretty clear that you were pretty protected. So I had been, mm-hmm. you know, careful but largely performatively, right, to make other mm-hmm. people feel comfortable. But not because I thought, you know, when I flew around, I went to Europe, like I because I felt really pretty protected. And even now with this new strain, like and I got a booster in September or October, whenever they said we could get it. But um, uh, I know anecdotally from all the people that I have talked to and, you know, I talked to a couple different doctors because I interviewed them for the pod and stuff um, that. This is a very, this is a pretty different situation. You know, if you've had three shots and you're as young as I am, haha. Um, but you know, if you're under the age of, you know, seventy, you're probably 30. pretty <laughs> 30. 30, 30. Hilarious. Um, that you're probably in pretty good shape. So I don't feel like I'm gonna die, but you definitely yeah. it's definitely like everyone I know is You've got a weird dude with like a, a, a like a hood on and glasses in the Walgreens or the Dwayne Reed screaming at you, right? <laughs> well then the Dwayne well, that's Reed That's me. That's me. <laughs> you can't get any and all the tests are sold out everywhere. And there yeah, are There's no tests. There's no tests yeah. and there are lines like every 
you know, the web, the city MD has like a line around the block at every one. Christ. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Omicron, but we have to get into a couple other stories first. Um, other uh, equally as fun stories. Um, <laughs> but in review, uh, this was the week where House leader Nancy Pelosi uh, defended lawmakers buying and selling stock, even though they've done insider trading and 75 Congress people bought and sold shares in COVID vaccines, tests, and treatments, but like I get it. Like, why else would you run for office? You know, like I have to pass legislation. I have to tell you that is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. And I say this as someone who's married to a a venture capitalist who focuses on growing small businesses. This, if you're going to be in the fucking government making uh, legislations, you should not be fucking trading stocks. And your husband no. shouldn't be either. And if, you know what, if that's too much of a sacrifice, then don't be an elected. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, there's no, 100%. I mean, it's so fucking sketchy on the left, on the right. I mean, I want to say, because I do think that Pelosi is completely wrong about this, and the way she said it was so dismissive, like, oh, why would we ever do that? Like, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, completely. Oh, they've, they've gotten real flippant lately between the free COVID test thing with Paskey and, 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 uh, and Pelosi's dismissal of that. There but, is definitely a very sort of flippancy that's starting it's, to but you mean You mean but, Saki? I love that you just called her Paskey. That's like oh, wait, the I ultimate call her Paskey? Home. I meant Saki, sorry. But, <laughs> but I just want to say, I mean, the right does this more than the left. But the left definitely oh, does yeah. this. I mean, it is fu- – and, and like – the fact that Nancy Pelosi wasn't like, we have to have a serious conversation about this, or even we need to start a committee to decide whether yeah. this is a real thing. Yeah. No, we'll never do that. Well, of course you fucking should do that. What's Why are we, have, we don't have a kleptocracy. Like you shouldn't be making money while you're trying to govern. I mean, it is so, I have to tell you, that is so infuriating. And if you think about, uh, you know, if you were in a company and a company is about to go public, you're not allowed to talk to anyone. You know, you can go yeah. to jail. I mean, and these guys are right. just fucking. I mean, it, that is by far the most insane thing. It gets me furious. Also, uh, the Senate parliamentarian blocked the Democrats' spending uh, plan that would have allowed 6.5 million undocumented to apply for temporary work permits. And when Democrats asked why uh, she did that, she yelled, "The great parliamentarian has spoken!" and threw a smoke <laughs> bomb at her feet. Uh, the FDA ruled that abortion pills could be provided via mail, which means it's just a matter of time before we get the Kim Davis of the USPS, uh, who will refuse to deliver any of it. Yeah. Uh, and a judge overturned Purdue's settlement that shielded them from civil lawsuits, which is probably putting the Sackler family on edge. In which case. Relax, guys. Have some oxy. Mm-hmm. For everything else, this is the week where. This was the week where we learned that the Democratic leadership is faker than Santa Claus because at least the imaginary fat man delivers. Mm-hmm. Because we learned this week that the Senate will not pass even the stems and seeds version of the Build Back Better Act before the end of the year. Um, early in the week, the earlier midweek, this is what we were getting. Uh, Democrats hopes dim that Build Back Better will pass before the new year. And according to two congressional sources, uh, a vote could be delayed until March. The sources asked to speak anonymously in order to provide frank assessments of internal discussions. Um, Manchin blew off a reporter about child tax credits, claiming that he was for them. So that's sort of where we were until... Sunday. And Sunday, 
Uh, Manchin went on to Fox News and said this sort of very loudly and proudly, despite some of the things he's been saying behind the scenes to the contrary. Take a listen. If I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. Oh, what a coward. <laughs> I've tried everything humanly that. possible. <laughs> but also to do that, like, it, that's like when you know you, like, somehow uh, you make sure to get someone's voicemail to say you're, like, like your stand. You, you, you want to do your stand, but you do it, like, in the most, like, sideways way. That's not mm-hmm. even really a stand. It was a plan the whole time. I mean, the only thing I'll say is that the the the, the sort of performance of like media's relate or DC media's relationship with these stories is not. This is decades and decades old of sort of telling the story of this is going to happen and this is going to come together and this is the week it's going to happen and this is the projected deadline and they're missing this and this is a holdout. This is like I've been hearing this since I was. Uh, aware of news so none of this surprises me that they water it down they punt it they disappoint the left as usual and also the misplay that the economics idea that if all you're doing standing there in 2022 is going we got you these sort of paltry watered down things that are going to help your pocketbook negligibly or maybe somewhat more than negligibly Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day hugely uh, the other huge let's say hugely it the people take when someone gives you a check for christmas you think about grandma for about four seconds and then you take the check and you take the money and you go do something with it and i feel like this is one of the problems with like where they think their vote's going to come from it, it, it when they have not done any of the social responsibility of voting uh uh rights and issues that matter even just taking a stand on them in order to press it into the record uh, who stood against it, I guess is uh, what's most disappointing to me besides this obviously predictable thing that was going <laughs> to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would say Go ahead, one Mom. thing about the mansion stuff, which is, I don't think, I mean, there was a lot of like DC people this morning saying mansion didn't tell them he was going on Fox news. Mansion never gave them a heads up. Fucking bullshit. I mean, last week, am I allowed to curse on here? Never mind. Yes, please. <laughs> um, but last week, uh, the White House mysteriously pivoted from BBB to voting rights. In the middle of the week, they said, all right, voting rights is the most important thing. We'll pick up BBB later. Obviously, right. they didn't do that. People were like, this is so odd. I wonder why they're doing this. They did this because they knew Manchin was a no. Look, Mansion gets dividends from coal stocks. Mansion is got all sorts of compromises. You know, he's compromised in a million different ways. But Mansion represents West Virginia, which is this very red. I mean, it fundamentally goes back to this idea that very small, very small state. <laughs> right. But that we have these people in these red states who vote against their own interests every single time. Right. Like Mansion. Yeah. So this was a win for him because he could go on Fox News and say, I'm I made the decision to stop the Democratic agenda of giving my people free glasses because they don't need that. They're the second poorest, you know, state in the country. I mean, this is, you know, the larger problem is that these people vote against their own interests every single fucking time. Right. Yeah. And and they they it's like two hundred and ninety thousand of them. Right. And there's eighty one million people who voted for Joe Biden and. Right. An ag- a democratic agenda, 
which is the Build Back Better Act, which absolutely would deliver for the American people, if nothing else than extending child tax credits, expanding Obamacare, um, uh, universal pre-K, huge, huge, huge programs um, that sadly sunset, but they are better than nothing at this point. Um, Obviously, the climate stuff, this is huge. And I just, it's very funny to me, though, that like, Despite everyone saying, you got Pelosi saying Manchin's going to negotiate. You've got Joe Biden saying Manchin's going to negotiate. You've got Chuck Schumer saying he's going to negotiate. You've got Pramila Jayapal, the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, swearing up and down that, yes, he's going to come to the table. And then this, I've tried everything humanly possible. Like it's the equivalent of sucking his own dick, which honestly, that's what he's been doing in front of our faces for like six months now. Um, But the White House... Still is upset. They're mad. Jen Psaki or Saki, right. if you will, Psaki, has said <laughs> they, they're mad. Um, this is from from the White House saying Senator Manchin came to the White House on Tuesday and submitted to the president in person a written outline for a Build Back Better bill that was the same size and scope as the president's framework and covered many of the same priorities. While that framework was missing key priorities, we believe it could lead to a compromise acceptable to all. Senator Manchin promised to continue conversations in the days ahead and to work with us to reach that common ground. If his comments on Fox and written statements indicate an end to that effort, they represent a sudden and inexplicable reversal in his position and a breach of his commitments to the president's and the senator's colleagues in the House and the Senate. Do you think that this is a strategy to, since everything's about ego and about who gets the prestige, do you think that in the coming weeks after the holiday, what will come forward is a new version of the BBB that is mansion spearheaded that then frames him as the savior and therefore uh, uh, mitigates the, the disappointment of what's pulled away and then in March, they get to or April, whatever, they get to this passage, hoping that the momentum of this passage carries them into the summer. And they're able to then promise forward in 2022 and 23 and four that they're they're going to get to these more uh, existential issues because the I, I can's been Manchin, kicked. Right. I, yeah. I don't think Manchin is going to back anything. Honestly, right. I don't. But, I'm just I curious. I don't March. No. I, I think he doesn't. He wants to be the hero uh, or the villain. Um, he just wants to be the center of attention. But I definitely yeah. do not think, and if this is any indication, that he will support but, literally anything. But let's, like they progressives have been willing, like Pramila Jayapal, all the Democrats, they're like, if you want to be the hero of this legislation, fucking do it. They've been willing and handing yeah. him the ball, and he's but, like, no. See, the thing he, is, he I doesn't like want poor that people. stink but, pie. He but, wants yeah. his own stink pie. But you know what I would say? It's like these Democrats are still acting like Democrats. And if we had fucking, if we didn't have Chuck Schumer and we had a Mitch McConnell in there, they would have Trent Lott, like Trent Lott, they would have fired the parliamentarian. They could fire the parliamentarian. No one would even, it would be a week of news. You fire her, you replace her with someone who will put immigration in. I mean, remember the last parliamentarian, the Republicans parliamentarian put Arctic drilling in the reconciliation. There, this is bullshit. There are no yeah. rules. The person is just like, you know, they're making it up as they go along. So fire her. I mean, why do you even need her? Think, try to. I would love it if we could get Chuck Schumer to just pretend to be like half the guy, Mitch McConnell. And I'm no fan of Mitch McConnell, but the man got three Supreme Court seats. I mean, yeah. he is 
because he doesn't play ball. And by the way, if Democrats were smart, they would go to Wyoming. They would move some people there. They would start running candidates. You know how many people there are in Wyoming? You know, it's like a couple hundred thousand people. I mean, there are more yeah, people yeah. in on my block, you know, in my apartment building. I mean, so you're saying essentially that you could, through the budget process, get a lot of this stuff done. But because, yeah, of course, there's no, and that the parliamentarian is, of course, unnecessarily like the Wizard of Oz. Well, they blame, they use the parliamentarian to, to, they use the parliamentarian for cover for things that they also maybe aren't as interested in actually exercising. And they they use mansion for cover. But they also use their own incompetence for cover. I mean, there's a fair amount of just fucking up here. I mean, I don't think... 100%. You know. And this is why, and I want to go to this next, like, piece of this, which is, as we all know, the entire plan um, to get mansion across the finish line on Build Back Better, even at that 1.75 lower amount of money, again, over 10 years, was to hold up the vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill um, and to say, all right, well, we will vote for that once the Senate passes the Build Back Better Act and Manchin and Cinema have to get on board with that and using a little bit of leverage. And through the course of, I don't know, browbeating the left into saying, no, 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 I promise we can get this done. Schumer and Pelosi promising people like Pramila Jayapal that they will get this done if we decouple that and don't use the leverage. Um, that was the point for me that they completely gave it up and they mm-hmm. weren't able to deliver it. And there were six Congress people, squad members, right? AOC, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, um, uh, Jamal Bowman, and Cori Bush, who did not vote for that uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill, hammered by a lot of centrists being like, you hate roads, hammered for it, and their no vote passed anyway, and look what happened. I mean, the only thing- they There is no more leverage, and Joe Manchin and Cinema will not come to the table. That's it. It's but, done. Yeah, except the only thing I would say is it's never done. Right. I mean, they can yeah. do whatever they want. I mean, there's so much. I mean, we are, you know, whatever. We're watching this and we're in horror, but they can do whatever the fuck they want. I mean, we have the right now, Democrats have the White House, the Senate, they have Congress. They don't have a huge margin, but if they, you know, think about what Mitch McConnell would do in this case. Think about if you had like, a, you know, a Carl Rove or, a, you know, Dick Cheney. Right. Those guys would not be asking people how they fucking feel. They would be, you know, they'd be <laughs> slamming it in. They'd be, you know, killing totally. innocent women and children in Iraq. And anyone strategic on the Democratic side. Right. I mean, if we had well, anyone yeah. and the fact, you know, oh, we're, you know, no, offer cinema something huge for Arizona. Offer, you know, I mean, you know, yes, look, Manchin is not anybody's idea of a delightful Democrat, the way we like Democrats, but he's the only Democrat we're ever going to get from West Virginia. So you offer him a big coal plan or whatever it is he wants, and you just get it done. I mean, the idea that we can't, you know, that the president can't control these people, of course he can control them. He may have to make terrible deals with them, but that's, you know, he can do it. What's interesting though, Molly, is that I feel like I mean, I'm not on board with like offering him a coal plant, but I do feel right. like that's what corporate Democrat and Democratic leadership are already doing. Well, they agreed. Not. No, but they're they obviously strip, not. But let me just say right. they're, they're, they agreed to strip the entire climate, you know, uh, proposal to basically hold any corporations accountable for their emissions for the carbon like any kind of carbon tax okay that's gone 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 we'll get it to the place that you want it and he still 
he still won't vote for it. It just he handed them their ass. He outplayed them. I mean, I and don't. So I still don't believe he outplayed them. I think that you know maybe that I I think that there's a level of incompetence on Democratic leadership, and that's where it's going. Because this guy is not. If he wanted to, if he wanted to become a Republican, he could caucus with the Republicans tomorrow. Right. Yes. I mean, it seems yeah. like that's where he's headed. No, because he no, first no, of all, he'll never get reelected as a MAGA because he'll never yep. he'll get creamed. No way. And yeah. the other thing is he's not there's no he doesn't have the interest in it. You know, he's getting away with everything. He's the most powerful senator. He goes to the Republican side. Nobody gives a shit about him. And then they they mm. primary him. I mean, I don't mean to be like. So this is his last stand to be relevant. He's it's like, just, I'm this, somebody. Right. It's a lot of this power. Is his TikTok. I, I mean, <laughs> I agree that they have to get more serious about climate and they have to. But the truth is there are deals that they could make if they wanted to make them. The idea that they're powerless over these two senators, I think, is yes. preposterous. And I think, but I think yeah, one hundred percent. And and, and I let. This, oh, sorry, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I do think I started this show by talking about, uh, you know, thirty-five-year-old presidential candidates, and I do think like Schumer better watch his ass because honestly, he is. He's been trying to sort of pander to progressives, tweeting a lot about about you know eliminating right. student debt. But my God, I mean, if there's any. If there's any like green light for AOC to make a run at his seat, I think it's this. But if he doesn't get it done, but I also, Anthony, what, what do you want to say? I'm sorry. Oh, I just I just uh, wanted to say that I, I think that the dysfunction is also rooted in patterns of strategy that have not worked for a very long time now, uh, except to eke out just the barest of wins and then not and then not really have. I think as Molly's saying, the 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 strength, the Mm -hmm. cojones to 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 actually uh, advocate for that power, and then part part of it is that you don't have enough scrupulous or unscrupulous. What is it? Scrupulous people to who I think that um, are are willing to be publicly that um, you know, Dick Cheney didn't care what you thought of him, right? right? That's the whole point. And I don't. I think Democrats have a "Do you like me?" thing. Oh yeah. Mm. And and the thing that's really d- frightening to me is that this blind spot. And people go, "Well, how can't you see what's coming down the road and the potential violence down the road and the sort of just psychic uh, chaos that's happening in this country that is not even close to coming to a head yet?" Um, that that uh, how can this party sit idly by as this seems to slip away? And I think that part of the calculation Manchin makes and some of these people make is that four years under Trump was, I guess we say bad, right? Was bad. But was it was it that bad for them? And so they start to go, well, okay, if we can play ball with these people who are nutty and have a nutty fringe that is violent, whatever, but they're quiet if they're people in charge. I think people are making very cynical decisions, looking at what kinds of corruption could be locked in to your career that would not face the oversight of the good guy party that's afraid to lead. And I think mm. there are a lot of people making calculations right now about the the fact that you have a team right now on the on the field that does not look like it can drive it home at all in 22. And I don't even think people have to worry about some uprising in 24. I think that that the Democrats might not even make it remotely across the finish line in mm. the presidential race. And this idea of like, an apoplectic election like 2020 is going to even happen. And so uh, to me, I, I think that everyone's sitting idly by because they think they can make a deal with this 
sort of nightmare that it won't be as bad as we think. And of course, mm. I think it will be way, oh, way worse. You mean you mean another a Trump variant, the Trump 2.0 or Trump himself? <laughs> Listen, if he survives the next couple of years, the way he looks, he'll be running and he'll he's, he'll be running. There's no <laughs> doubt he'll run for president. We we know that obviously Atamanik is invested in the Trump impression industrial complex. So <laughs> I feel a, like no, I'm not. Take, take everything he says with that I have result. not done I have not done that thing since uh one last time with Dana Carvey and Al Franken on his okay. pod and that was the last time. Never again. We, we got to move on to another story before um uh, Molly's carriage turns into a pumpkin real quick. Um, but this was also the week where thanks to records turned in by Trump's final, but maybe not last chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Uh, we learned that hosts at Fox news do have a moral center, kind of like a Tootsie pop. It takes a couple thousand licks from Nazi storming the Capitol to get to it. And by the time you do, it tastes like shit. Um, Fox hosts who've spent months blaming Antifa for the riots on January 6th actually texted Mark Meadows the same day begging him to tell Trump to call off his goons and yeah. showing full well that they knew exactly who was responsible and they knew who who could actually stop it. Here is Liz Cheney of the January 6th House Committee uh, investigation reading those texts. Multiple Fox News hosts knew the president needed to act immediately. They texted Mr. Meadows, and he has turned over those texts. Quote, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy, Laura Ingram wrote. Please get him on TV, destroying everything you have accomplished, Brian Kilmeade texted. Quote, can he make a statement, ask people to leave the Capitol, Sean Hannity urged. As the violence continued, one of the president's sons texted Mr. Meadows, quote, he's got to condemn this shit ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough, Donald Trump Jr. texted. You're ruining your legacy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> This is the natural outpouring of that legacy. This is what it's all been leading to. Come on now. We've seen that Q documentary. This is that go ask Alice white rabbit fucking, you know, the like the psychedelics are hitting. Let's do this. Um, it's it just it's so this was the most beautiful piece of news of the whole week. And I don't care about showing you you know, Ingram and Hannity's defense and all that bullshit. No, no, it's, mm -hmm. it's out in the open. We all know this. Um, Mark Meadows, by the way, is being held in contempt of Congress because he's now refusing to cooperate, even though he handed over like, <laughs> I don't know, however many thousands of pages. <laughs> like now he's like, Oh no, that was enough. Anyway. Um, <sighs> because, because honestly, maybe as Anthony, you're saying is like, maybe he's looking at the future and being like, well, I think we might be back in power pretty soon. Everybody is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on this, Molly? I thought, does Don Jr. not have his dad's number? <laughs> like, yeah. can he not just text his dad and be like, yo, dad, what the fuck? Like, these people are storming the Capitol? No. He, he definitely does <laughs> not have his, his – he did not give his son his, his 
phone number. I mean, that was if if nothing else, Dianu, as are my people say, <laughs> like wow, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, yeah. Trump definitely did the thing that Logan Roy did in succession and was like, you know, telling his assistant, like, do you want to delete this number? And it's his son. He's like, yeah, 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 delete <laughs> yeah. forever. Um, yeah, it's um, it's pretty incredible. And Mark Meadows was like, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it mm -hmm, for sure. But but like the idea, I mean, of course, now we know Trump was just sitting there like, what the fuck do you think he was doing? As loving it. He yeah. was loving yes. it. He was, was loving he? it. That's what he was doing. Sorry, Mo, you go. No, no, you, you go, you go, you go. Well, I just, I think that this proves out at least my thesis from the beginning, which is that nobody, nobody's running this guy. He is not, has, does not have some sort of dementia or something that people lay on him. And I'm not saying he's mentally well, but I'm saying this is a person who's moving his own operation. He thrives and survives on being this. This is like who he is. It doesn't matter that he's president. It doesn't matter any of this. None of it is serious to him. It's, it's a game. It's like, it's like the, it's like every villain on every reality show. When you see the psychopath who causes chaos, the Ramona that causes chaos in New York housewives, that person was the president and that person, th their children don't really run them. All that like wishing and hoping of like, oh, well, maybe Ivanka and Jared or maybe. Yeah. People might be able to get through certain membranes, but no one's going to reach that person. That person's going to do exactly what they wanted to do. And what was he thinking? He was really thinking this strategy. And yet he will listen to and take um, counsel from the most sycophantic bizarre people. Why? Because he's bizarre and bizarre people tend to run with other bizarre people. My mother lived in New York in the 50s, <laughs> did Broadway in the 50s. All of her friends were these weirdo New Yorkers who now are all mostly passed away, but they were bizarre people like my, I love my mom. She's a weirdo. They're all weirdos. Weirdos seek out weirdos. And that's what Trump did. So, of course, him and the Weirdo Brigade came up with some plot out of a Nelson DeMille novel to try to take the Capitol. I mean, of course. And, of course, everyone was shocked and went, oh, he didn't really go for this. We can't back this. But then they figured out a way to back it because they had to. Well, also, I love that this moved into sort of this like, there's psychoanalysis of your mom. But there's also no – I mean, root of the impression. The, the idea that there's some – moment in which trump will be like no this is too much or which Fo fox news host will be like no this is wrong like no there's never going to be that moment and like people are always like he'll never get out of this I and mean, he's going to get out of anything he can get out of and unless democrats are strong which they're not he's going to be back in power i mean like period paragraph yeah. the one thing i wanted to add about mark meadows mm -hmm. is that um author of you know he has a book out the chief oh yeah chief um, he is really one of the dumbest people probably on the face of the earth. So I think it is important to realize that he did participate until he decided that he should click. I think what happened was the book came out. Trump was extremely mad because he, he showed that Trump had COVID and knew he had COVID before the debate. And then yep. they did another test and they were like, it's negative. So we just let him go and cough on Joe Biden. Um, and I think then Trump got really mad at him and was like, this guy, you know, is fucking me over. And so he's like executive privilege. But, you know, he's on. A, I mean, he's promoting his book, which is about his time yes. with the executive. So he's a real fucking idiot. No, and, and just obviously to prove how, what an idiot he is, the things that he was doing into the lead up of this 
N- a number of them, meaning uh, speaking to the National Guard, getting their right. confirmation they would be protecting the rioters, right. effectively, our protecting people. Trump's people, protecting our people, uh, not actually protecting the lawmakers inside or anybody else. Um, why would <laughs> you protect on- members of Congress when you can protect rioters? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. He was working on something called Italy Gate. So Meadows sends Jeff Rosen, the acting attorney general. This is like the a couple days before January 6th. <laughs> this is great. Material written entirely in Italian in an attached letter addressed to Trump from an Italian named Carlo Goria, who said he was work- working for a U.S. aerospace company and then went on to regurgitate a conspiracy theory that was doing the rounds known as Italy Gate. What's Italy Gate? Well, Meadows three three days later later sent Rosen an email containing a 13-minute YouTube video titled Brad Johnson, Rome Satellite Services, an update. In the video, Johnson, a retired CIA station chief, gave further details of Italy Gate, which he described as a secret plot to overturn the U.S. presidential election and stop Trump from gaining a second term. In Johnson's account, an Italian defense contractor Leonardo had joined forces <laughs> just like fucking uh, Guido said. What's his last name? Da Vinci. It's not important. Anyway, <laughs> Leonardo had joined forces with the CIA to carry out the dastardly scheme. Together, they had hacked into Italian military satellites, beaming them down onto U.S. voting machines Amazing. in battleground states and remotely switching votes from Trump to Joe Biden. Italy gate. <laughs> yeah. My people. My people. Let that's, me tell you. It's like I, what my mom called like her marriage to my dad. Italy Italians, can, Italians can't even manage a four-way intersection, let alone <laughs> try to beam information into a satellite. I mean, that is, that is impossible. Yeah. Oh, my God. It seems very – I mean, the whole thing – the one thing you should realize from all of this is that there are a lot of people in our military that are nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little scary, right? He was a CIA. Former CIA. Station chief. I mean, that's the big boss there. You know? Yeah. Like, not great, man. I'm yeah. sure. But, but he was on it. <laughs> like, I also want the texts that Meadows sent back. I think we have some of them like, yeah, 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 I'm on it. But I also feel like some of them were like, have you heard about Italy gate? And they're like, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's just round this out and just say that like, this is Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity, people who at night after night go on to basically claim that January 6th was a false flag has been overblown that all the people who have, who have been imprisoned or being held accountable are political prisoners. Now they're patriots, you know, they're not even, they're not, they would never throw Trump under the bus, right? They're not even saying these guys are patriots who were misled, which is an angle you could imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but no, and, and yet they, I mean, Tucker for all of his, the fact that he's a giant piece of shit, white supremacist, it's like, well, at least it's consistent. You know, he didn't send a little message to Meadow saying this has gone too far. He <laughs> right. Was he was like, this just as excited. Far enough. Yeah, 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 we need to do more. He's like, more. He was like, I kind of want to see Mike Pence well, yeah. on a pike. <laughs> well, it's the posers versus, you know, you have the posers and the real believers, but yeah. but everybody wants to support the same thing. Hannity and, you know, I, I used to 
wait on Hannity sometimes at John's Pizza back along like 2002, 2003. And he would sit with the cops and some of the other Fox folks and talk. And like they're, you know, so transparently and nakedly. I mean, they buy their own BS to some degree, but they know what they're doing. And so this is them also, you know, you don't think that those folks don't know. I, I believe that you you do even if you don't think it'll be found out you send that text as insurance to give yourself the distance mm. the cognitive dissonance distance where right. somehow you both said the right thing at the right time but then went on to still propagate this right. bs because you support it and i think the other thing too is why do this why does this circle of folks not do the right thing because they don't think the right thing is the right thing that we think it is. They love, they think this is great. Yeah. And, and, and even though maybe the, the optics of that moment did not appear even the way that, you know, even if you had a fantasy about the Capitol riot, if you had a fantasy about the Capitol insurrection, it didn't go well. Cause it looked kind of pathetic and lazy and sort of like, you know, five o'clock shadowed and lots of weird scarves and hats. Mm-hmm. So not like, enough khakis, not enough khakis. Mm-hmm. So like you actually have disappointment on all sides. Some people going, we didn't go hard enough. And those going, this is, is awful. The, the goal, believe what people show you. There is a, a large contingency in this country that believe in shifting the, the reality to this being correct and right. And, yeah. and, and uh, it's way bigger and way more omnipresent than I think people give it credit for. My 100%. Um, what did they think was going to happen after stirring yeah. and causing that much um, distrust in yeah. the election? This was obviously going to happen. We have um, a nation of Ramona's. We're a nation um, of Ramona's and we're just the countess desperately trying to get her to stop yelling turtle time. Wait, thank you. Ramona is from Real Housewives. Okay. Real Housewives. I was checking. I was yeah. making sure that I don't we, get I the reference. Missing something deep and intellectual, but I'm not. No, you're not. It's completely surface. Better. Ramona <laughs> is my cat's name. And honestly, if we had a nation of my cat, I feel like it would be a great nation. Yes. Um, I wanted to give Molly Jong Fast an out if you wanted to to like you've been you've been very generous with your time. Mm-hmm. We have one more story. If you had ten five to ten. All right, I'll stay. Otherwise I'll stay. I can't stop talking. I love it. Hell right. yeah. And we started talking about it a little bit. And you guys are both in New York, so I wanna hear um how things have been going with you. But this was the week where Omicron spread faster in New York City than poke and ironic tattoos, all right? (laughs) Omicron is a true hipster of the pandemic, gentrifying the fuck out of COVID. It is everywhere. It is unstoppable. And yet somehow it's promising to make communities like safer. It's like, we're not, we're not as bad. Uh. Mm -hmm. Uh, Omicron is breaking through two doses of the vaccine and in some cases the booster as well, um, which is not a guarantee. And Biden is now warning of a winter of quote, illness and death (laughs) (laughs) so um as of wednesday only one in six people in the u.s have been fully vaccinated and boosted against covid leaving hundreds of millions at risk as the threat of the fast transmitting omicron looms which by the way reports and it varies but it's something like 70 times faster than i believe delta which yeah. is yeah. already however many times faster than regular COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an average of nearly 120,000 new cases are being diagnosed each day, according to data from Johns Hopkins. 
um, 50% more than a month ago. And we have now this statement from uh, an outgoing head of the NIH, National um, Institute for Health. The U.S. could see a million cases per day, warns departing NIH director Francis Collins. I just (laughs) love him. Ready to go, man. He's back. back. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck to you. Anyway. (laughs) And that is my cue. (laughs) I like how you know this person was just like, okay, I can deal with one variant, maybe two. But when we get to O, I'm fucking out of here. Like, O stands for out of here. Omicron. (laughs) Bye-bye. Um. They, Francis continued, even if it has a somewhat lower risk of severity, we could be having a million cases a day if we're not really attentive to all those mitigation strategies. Even the most optimistic scenarios could mean a strain on hospitals in many regions that are already squeezed by the Delta surge. Um, And then this last quote I thought was good. I know people are tired of this, he said, acknowledging Americans' fatigue of having weathered almost two pandemic-stunted years. I'm tired of it too, believe me, but the virus is not tired of us. It is having a great old time, changing its shape every couple of months, coming up with new variants and figuring out ways to be even more contagious. It's the Flintstones? (laughs) It's having a great old time? We'll have a great old time. I, 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 what my other favorite is a few articles lately have been coming out in the past couple of days, which is blows my mind that, that you know, because uh, it's so disingenuous where they're like, we were so shocked by Omicron. We're so shocked by this new variant. And I get being shocked maybe by the number of mutations, but like uh, I've been reading articles for how many months now about people talking about the next variant, how it will spread more. I think one of the deepest problems beyond the virus is the fact that the messaging and the and the plan is all over the place and no one can pick a place to land. And so there's these mm. vacillations between the three or four solutions that were panic solutions in March of 2020 through the summer of, okay, well, we'll all wear masks. We'll all do this. We'll all do that. It seems to me that instead of revising and just returning to these same old same, uh, uh, ways of approaching it, there, it's astonishing to me that we are not having. I always imagined in this moment, my child self imagined that this would be a moment where, like, every day Bruce you're being Willis addressed by the in. government. Yeah. No, we're like, there's like an omnipresent, like, we have a serious situation, and here is how society must adjust until this situation is over in a uniform way that seems organized and clear, as opposed to, is there a test? I don't know. Should we go home for Christmas? Who knows? Like, <laughs> it just seems bizarre to me that we're this far into the thick of it. And uh, it, the Biden has to be prompted to try to use but the Defense Production Act I to would, produce tests. I would just say, I mean, I definitely think this administration has shit the bed when it comes to testing. We should have, you know, everyone, you should have, you should go into stores. I mean, every other country has better testing than we do. But yep. mm-hmm. that said, the Republican Party has worked really hard to get their people not to vax. And you have yeah. Republican governors in Florida and in Texas and in uh, in um, North Dakota and South Dakota, South Dakota worse than North Dakota, who really do not, who have really made it their mission to spread misinformation about them. I mean, look at Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson's like, vaccines, yeah. who can say? You know, yeah. I mean, Tom Massey's like, I would never, you know, I refuse to say if I've been vaccinated. So I would say, like, clear messaging is impossible. I mean, this White House, 
I think is bad at messaging in general. And they're yes. very bad at, you know, there's all this dead air where they are not putting in message where you just Fox News is like filling the media vacuum and right wing, you know, news is sort of cooking up their own thing and they're not out there enough. But I do think like there's such a polarized attitude towards this that, you know, half the country is like wearing masks and testing themselves and getting all the vaccines and the boosters and half the country is just like, fuck you. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, what, I the agree. problem that I have with it, though, is that I feel like instead of sort of covering bases, being like, this is what we know about the vaccine. This is what the vaccine does. Let's get good messaging out there instead of. But we should still wear masks. We should still take precautions. Right. We're we're going to ramp up not just testing, but also contact tracing. Um, Hey, we're going to send every American an N95 mask, yeah. which is mm-hmm. far more effective than a cloth mask yeah. or, or, or a surgical mask. So like all of these easy solutions instead, it was looking at the vaccine like a silver bullet. Yeah. And I think that looking at it and treating it like a silver bullet almost further entrenched anti-vax, anti-mask, anti-COVID folks Mm -hmm. and who are now like, see, there's breakthrough cases. And so it's like we've screwed ourselves either way rather than sort of kind of acknowledging that we are in unprecedented times, but we really are. We don't know what the solution is. But here's what here's my biggest thing with this. What we know does work is actually paying people to stay at home. Right. Mm-hmm. It's actually giving people money for their kids, for their families, to help them be safe. We we don't even have also days off to get right. vaccinated. Yeah. Days off to get we- better after if you have side effects from the vaccine. Yeah. Days off for COVID, obviously. All that stuff are ways we can mitigate the impact right. of the pandemic, even if we don't know how to solve it. Right. And we're running out of that political capital as well. Well, this is what I'm saying. That's I, I, what you just said is what is what I, I think I was trying to put forward is not is is that it is amazing to me that there are some powers of the presidency and the bully pulpit, but also executive order that can allow a lot of these things to even happen, even if it was to be overturned or challenged in the courts there there. It, that's where it kind of blows my mind, because yeah. there's a catering to the this anti-vax movement in the Republican Party because there's this fear again of losing these voters, these unvaccinated voters. So everything is done in this mitigated way where it's like you should get vaccinated, but hey, you're okay. You know, you're kind of okay as a human being. We don't think you're subhuman because you didn't get vaccinated. You are. Um and <laughs> like and and so therefore everything becomes watered down and and everything becomes trying to cater to both things like let's have concerts let's have all these things continue uh we have the silver bullet thing i mean the fda is dragging their feet on this pfizer covid treatment there's no need for the fda to do this and it is strange because it's counterproductive to you would think even the corruption of pharmaceuticals well they have i just wanted to have to get one of the data i mean that is you know they filed it they listen they want that pill out there because it has a very good treatment policy. I mean, a good treatment numbers. I would just say they have, you know, this humongous uh, application that they have to get through. So, I mean, they're pushing really hard to get it out fast. I mean, I do agree, but I also think like we have to remember contact tracing became a no go in this country early on because yeah. Republicans were all over it. They were like, they want to find you. They want to get you. And, you know, I mean, in normal countries, you, you know, in Europe, they contact. I mean, France, I was in France in November. Everyone wore masks. 
They smoked. Mm-hmm. They wore masks. They all showed their vax cards everywhere they went. It was just like normal Same stuff. With Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like Canada. I would go to, I went to the movies in Canada. I went and had dinner in Canada. Yeah. It was like the real world. The, the rest of the world, even with this horrible stuff has found ways that are reasonable to adjust. And I would, mm-hmm. uh, and I would argue that these things let it, I mean, if we're going to throw out these rights, to be challenged in the Supreme court, we might as well do it. So if we're saying, Oh, this violates this right to contact trace, do it. Why not? Yeah. Uh, just well, I mean, do it and then say it's illegal later. And Biden did. I mean, the, this administration did have a win on allowing the vaccine mandate for private employees to go forward. I yeah. think that's worth mentioning. Um, yeah. So there is that. I think the biggest thing we've talked about on this show before um, we had journalist Sarah Lazar on, who's been reporting about this trips waiver in the WTO, because in fact, these variants are results of not getting the vaccine mm-hmm. out to, you know, yes. the global south and, yes. and countries that can produce Africa. mRNA vaccines. Yes. And the fact that Biden in in theory is saying yes, but in practice is not pressuring the WTO and, and like big pharma on that level. It's the biggest fucking hypocrisy. And we're going to keep having these variants until we drop those right. patents. But I mean, um, I would say even yeah. the, the mRNA vaccines are hard to store and they're hard to get out. I mean, he should buy the recumbent protein vaccine that Dr. Hotez is working on. And it's cheap. It's easy. They can show them how to make it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this administration could do a lot. I mean, they need to be vaccinating yeah. the world. And I agree. I think the mRNA vaccines are going to be too unstable to go to Africa. But there are a mm. lot of really good vaccines that are um, that are more stable and you could take to a place like that where you don't need the same kind of refrigeration. I mean, y- yes, in terms of like distribution. Yeah. I understand that's but, but in terms of manufacturing, other countries like South yeah. Africa do have the capacity yeah. um, like India have the capacity. But yes, but dis- yeah. like distribution is a different thing. But again, we were talking, you know, these companies are, aren't aren't working together to yeah. find the best vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? what yeah. But, and I know this would never happen. But to me, I, I don't understand. Sometimes just break the law or break the norm. Seize the companies. Make make it just yes. seize the government. Just seize the companies. Like Nationalize me, that shit. It would be worth it to... If you save, uh, if you save people and save us from a disease, and 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 maybe reorder society a bit in in the process, and you break some laws along the way, you'll pay for it at the end of the day, and then it's worth it, right? But I, the, I would but think the Defense Production Act, it's not breaking the law, and that's what it does. I well, mean, I, that's yes, why he doesn't yeah. want to do it. But I mean, you could do. He has the presidential right Still, to do whatever he wants. He yes, still has immobilized it, yeah. Molly. Yeah. In this entire year, he still hasn't mobilized it. Yeah, no, he's not mobilized, and that's what I'm saying is that I think that if he did, I would gather that someone would challenge it legally. That's what I mean. I'm sure, is that I think that the and so what I'm saying though is that the fact Let that him. they're concerned right. about that, which I have to imagine, because I will say from going to the Clinton offices in 2016 when I was almost going to be the debate person the, mm, the humble the, brag got it yes you well were, wait, I didn't you get were already going to be you were going to be trump i was going to be trump i was b- between me and two other people and i went and met all the sort of top folks and, and Philippe uh, beat you out yeah Philippe beat me out big time i don't think that there was ever my guess is that at the end of the day they thought well maybe we'll bring him in for a half hour for fun like i sort of even pitched that <laughs> wait, wait, and, wait. Uh, was this was this supposed to be on the celebratory 
Hillary won. Uh, no, no, no. This was, was this? during Practice debate prep. Debate. I was actually oh, okay. there. I was there the day Kellyanne Conway got hired on the Trump campaign, and you should have heard the expletives from some very top people <laughs> screamed in the room. Why? The day, like, because they were like, "She's the worst. She's this." So they used language that I won't repeat. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but it was amazing because also I met a lot of people uh, who I went, "Oh, this is why things are so bad." <laughs> The folks in the middle of the ice cream sandwich are fucking incompetence, and they and they and they have no bravery and no vision. Uh, well, hiring me would have been one uh, brave. <laughs> because because they didn't do. hire me. And, but and what? But but I will say at one point I was talking with two of them, and they said, "Well, we're really doing well." And it was in August, and they go, "Well, you know, we're seven and a half points up." And I was like, "You guys are two or three points down." And they looked at me like, "Excuse me." And these were like the top top people, and I because I don't care. I'm a comic. What do I care? And I went, "You guys are under." I go, "Do not believe what you're seeing polling." You know, those are our internal polls. I go, "Well, they're wrong." And I, and I said, because I'm telling you, you guys are losing right now. And if you don't go after Trump's mother in that debate, all Hillary has to do is bring his mother up and mm. have mother come out of her mouth Wait, and why? it will freak him out. He has a, I really do believe it would have, I don't think it would have won the election, but I think they would have knocked him off his block. He has a severe, severe mother complex that he laid on to Hillary Clinton, which mm. is why if you know, if you actually observe his behavior with Hillary Clinton, it is like someone who both wants their praise and their and their acceptance, but also rejects and hates them deeply. He's got his little. And, that's and that's you, how he's you saw and your her. mom. I love these mommy issues that are coming back. But does he actually all men have, mommy have them? Issues? Oh, sure. I I will tell you, I have been to his childhood home, and then I've met a lot of people who worked in his family or with his family, and some d- distant folks who I know. And the confirmation I got back from a lot of the things, even from when the, the, the niece, uh, when Mary Trump started writing stuff, I was astonished at how right I was about things I could not have known. Mm. Um, but the mom thing really also boils down to some particular mental uh, breakdown moments when uh, he was very little that were really traumatizing to him. And she also uh, was uh, very um, cold to him. And, and when the son died, there was this deep disappointment that the disappointing son was going to be the one to sort of carry on. You know, Fred had been the one they wanted. Ooh, not uh, wrong, junior. though. Anyway, but uh, sorry, I didn't mean to make about no, that. But I- <laughs> I'm just saying that they had no sort of outside-the-box thinking. Everything was just, we're going to move along and, and defeat. And I don't think that's changed, really. Um, I don't. Molly Jongfast, thank you so much for joining us thank on The Bituation Room. I'm sorry. Everybody. Was it was great to meet you. I, I'm so excited to meet you, and, and uh, I'm a huge fan. Oh, my God. I'm a <laughs> right. I thought you were great. Stop. Don't do that. Don't embarrass me, Tony. My God. Oh my God. We're, we're, we all want to meet you. Whatever. No. Um, everybody, um, subscribe and find uh, Molly's newsletter, Wait What, uh, on The Atlantic. And take very good care. Stay Just safe. Have me Don't. Back. Don't oh. get, please come back and and obviously everybody listen to Molly's podcast, the Abnormal Podcast. Um, don't get Omicron, okay? Try not to. I know that's kind of impossible, but be safe. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and uh, thank you guys for sticking around. We've got one more segment because it's the holidays. Um, I decorated a tree. It's adorable. All the ornaments are from Target. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the uh, the 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 busy woman's tree. 
And that's what you get. Um, but I wanted to read a couple comments before we go into our final segment um, here with Anthony Antamanik. Um, on Build Back Better, Stanley1953 on Twitch says, yeah, Manchin tried everything humanly possible except being human. Mm. Mm. So the, it's true. So true. The Dez on Twitch, the DNC needs to borrow the RNC's playbook so badly. Yeah, except for without the racist part. Or the, like, <laughs> Russia gets to tell us what to do. <laughs> um, but yes, absolutely. Just, like, play a little bit dirty. Don't be afraid to have people not like you. Yeah. Um, on Mark Meadows, uh, the Dez also said, if Hannity and Ingram want to clear the record so badly, they should be forced to testify before the committee. Ooh, why not? Get them in there. Crowded Crow on this new variant says, oh my cron. I also saw Crowded Crow said, you can't say Omicron without doing it in like a French accent. You know, like Omicron. 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 Yeah. That's a delicious dessert. Oh, so yummy. I love the, the crust of the Omicron. Omicron. There's 30, 32 variations. De pain ou Omicron. <laughs> I, only know sad, I don't only know how to say two um, chocolate croissants. Pain au chocolat. Du pain au chocolat, s'il vous plaît. That's all I know how to say. Chocolat. S'il vous plaît. Du pain au chocolat, s'il vous plaît. Oui. Je travaille au piscine. <laughs> I work at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Je m'appelle Omicron. You will definitely, like, I would definitely fuck Omicron as, like, a dude. Like, I feel like he's probably cute. Gross. But, like, has a lot of... Whatever, STIs. He bought me a drink. Stop judging. <laughs> Mr. K, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, the Oxford vaccine is already being made in other countries, and over 3.5 billion doses have been administered, but Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J are holding their patents. Yeah, I mean, yep. And now they're not even worth that much anymore because the shit breaks through them. So oh, I yeah. love I, when, when they're just, like, sure, mix and match. I don't know. <laughs> oh, That's where I'm just like, that's where, listen, and it's hard because you don't want to come off I would never want to come off like as some anti-vax. sort of like anti-vaxxer or sort of COVID's not serious type person. But at the same time, I'm like, come on, guys, you're, like, you're not helping your case at all. You make no sense about like it's OK to report that there are breakthrough cases. It's OK right. also to report that Omicron. I know everyone it's I've, I have a couple of friends who work at Pfizer research. And, and I know a couple other folks who are top folks in New York on this. Uh-huh. And oh, Omicron is uh-huh. well, like they're viral, you know, virologist folks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And the, through a family friend and the, the reporting so far is this isn't to say, don't worry about it, but Omicron most likely is much milder that generally it's not going to cause a high death spike that um, obviously older people are still affected, but younger people will be less affected. It doesn't mean it's nothing. It doesn't mean you shouldn't get vaccinated, but this whole strategy of reporting on it in a murky way, because they hope people will get vaccinated because they're afraid of it, which is the intent behind it. The intent behind this sort of dubious way of reporting information is uh, because they're so scared of people not getting vaccinated. And Maybe. my, yeah, I think not all in totality, but I think it's some part of it, the way it's crafted, especially in mainstream media. And I think it's yes. stupid because you're, because, you know, well, well, it's stupid because it's actually not scientifically true. The breakthrough cases right. exist. People who have been boosted get a case, but it's far, far less than had they not been yes. boosted. So and just they you should can say turn that. Turn into that. They should turn yes. into that and not be so vague. 
in my yeah, opinion. exactly. I mean, I my main thing is like I just don't want to be flip about people's lives and no. eight hundred thousand deaths later. It's like, but we have to also be honest that if you spend time with elderly folks, with um, immunocompromised people, if you are one of those people. You're yeah. more at risk. And I personally, yes. I just don't want to kill my mom, Tony. That's like, how I am too. I haven't gone anywhere. I canceled everything this week because I'm going to see my 83 year old mom. Yeah. And, and imagine and, if you killed her, like you would just never hear the end of that. No, her ghost would haunt me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, no, I get it. But I think that the balance is, is that it also would help to like, you could still say it's a terrible thing to spread that it should spread this bad. Uh, But I think that it's okay to go, Hey, look, deaths are not going up at the rate that it did with Delta. That's not bad to report. (laughs) For sure. sure. But at the same time, I think that 1200 deaths every day is absolutely unacceptable. 1300. Of course. I mean, of course it's it's terrible. So you can say like, it's not going up, but, but like, that's not sensational being like, Oh, Hey, another 1200 people died today. Just like yesterday. That's not news. Sadly, we've normalized that. What's the new hot thing. Yeah. Um, Oh, we're insane. I mean, listen, this whole conversation we've had is uh-huh. within the paradigm of my mind being like, I already feel like I know the book of 2020 and it's, I mean, the 20s and it's a dark, dark book. It's going to be <laughs> so bad. And so all these conversations about what we should do or what should happen, it's like none of it is. And it's going to be such a mess that you can't even conceive of what a mess it's going to be right now. And you should just enjoy your time now because it's going to become so abnormal over the next five years that you should enjoy now because now is actually normal compared to what's coming. You heard it here on the habituation room. (laughs) Just it's a comedy podcast. People Uh, guys, we have one more segment. Um, I want everyone to play along. We have our final fun segment um the tradition being it's always a new thing so i want to ask given that obviously the best christmas story in my opinion is a christmas carol i of do course. like it uh you know she was number- wonderful she was wonderful yeah christmas carol <laughs> christmas carol my i'll never forget christmas carol um the greatest story uh yeah obviously mickey's christmas carol number one like muppet christmas carol and then scrooged kind of like number three um but if you could send three spirits to visit anyone in power Uh uh-huh in office corporate power in your life Uh, okay uh who would you send them to and who would they be this is my christmas carol Okay, for me, I'll go yeah. first. I would love to send, obviously, three spirits to Senator Joe Manchin. And um, first, the the ghost of Christmas past, and it would be himself. And it would be when he first became a lawmaker at 35 and, like, he has, like, a normal sex life, you know, where it's he doesn't have to, like, rub himself in coal, <laughs> you know, in order to, like, get aroused. He doesn't like actually have to like be gripping a a rock of it in order to, you know, um, experience climax and joy blood poison. And he'll be like, wow. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) We wonder what's wrong with him. He doesn't have a Maserati. He's got like a Lincoln. 
I don't know. I feel like a Lincoln Town Car. I don't know. Is it, do you think he really has a Lincoln Town Car? I think he has an Oldsmobile. Maybe. What does that one look like? <laughs> Olds is even worse. It's like rounder and more depressing. <laughs> does it feel more or less like a boat? Like one of the ones. It's that more feels- like a boat. It's even more like a boat. Like when you, you know, when you brake, it's like it doesn't feel like the brakes are really working. That type <laughs> yeah. of an American car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm looking at some. Yes, for sure. Anyway, so just like going back to that old oh, yeah. young self or the young self, the present, I would want him to be visited by a the spirit of a diabetic currently <laughs> living in West Virginia who pays way too much for insulin. Um, and it's just like that's the tiny Tim. Um, and then in the future, like a West Virginia coal miner whose job has been transitioned to like solar or wind and is like loving life and like can put food on the table and has affordable health care and like uh, the skies are clear and his black lung has cleared. Um, or the future in hell where he's like in hell and like all the other Cretans like Pinochet and Rumsfeld are like, you know, you can't take it with you. Money doesn't work here (laughs) like that. And they're like, see, it turns to dust. And they're like counting their anyway. That's my (laughs) that's 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 my Christmas carol. Well, I mean, I came up with mine <laughs> at the beginning of this. Okay. So I picked an easy one. I picked Trump because I, I just sort of picked one yes. that I could re- think of. And that's not that I'm, that's all I think about, actually. Yeah. It's still, but, uh, <laughs> but I was like, oh, who do I, who can I come up with fast? So I would say Trump, I would obviously want uh, him to be visited by the ghost of talk shows past. And I would want this this ghost of talk shows past would just be a sentient TV with eyes that Trump could watch all his Donahue appearances and remind and be remembered and remember in like his green acres song and the, the Emmys, that green acres. So he could remember when he was at least just a, you know, somewhat mocked, but, but still sort of cameo beloved figure in media. Yes. Yes. And he could remember what that was like. And the good days when he was innocent and just dis- just privately sexually assaulting people. Yes. Yeah, everything was in outside of the public view. No one wanted his tax returns. Um, he could yeah. just freely walk in on 16-year-olds changing at Miss yeah. Universe pageant. Yeah, exactly. And it's then, just hit the Home Alone scene like over yes. and over again. Yes, it's just him in the Home Alone scene, just in two, just showing up, not edited out like it is in Canada. Um, and then the the ghost of breakfast of Mar-a-Lago breakfast buffets present uh, where he could just realize like he's got it so good at Mar-a-Lago. He knows the restaurant. He knows the menus. He knows what salads are going on. He, he, he's he's he you know, he's involved in like, what's the state of the poached egg pile? Is it too soft? Is it too hard? And that he could really put his energy into what he does best, which is essentially being a male real housewife. He's really mm-hmm. good at throwing parties and having people come over and causing drama. And then he would be visited by uh, the uh, <laughs> by the, the ghost of future stroked out Trump. And this would just be <laughs> him, but with an awful stroke with a permanent like piss stain in his pants, warning him that if he does run for president again, he will just become president and from the insane stress that will result from doing that again and the onslaught 
yes. and probably the inadvertent because he's a coward. So trust me, I know everyone thinks that he wants this big revolution and all this stuff. If things started to get really violent at a, at a level that was frightening in the, in the cities after the point, which he could dissuade it to Antifa and had to own that it was his supporters, it would freak him out too. And oh, then yeah. he would have, a, and then he would have a stroke. And so I want him to sit and talk with his cloaked self, this cloaked sort of self that's talking like this, and then pulls the cloak up at the end and he sees his own face, but all like bells palsied out. And, uh, and then, and then he, and then he goes back to bed, puts his nightshirt on and goes back to bed. <gasps> the same thing could happen to you there if you you're go. not careful. I think that's amazing. <laughs> that's so real. It is true. You know, he's admitted privately or it, like he doesn't admit things privately. He admits things very he admits them like off the cuff. It's just sort of like a, you know, I never wanted to become president. Like he had that Yeah. I forgot who, when that was or who he said it to, but he was like basically like this is a hard job. Yeah, he didn't want to do it. He he only did it I didn't because he was win. pissed about the cancellation part is a lot of it was motivated by the shark tank can't uh, i mean by the the uh, apprentice cancellation right a lot more than people think can't believe you'd misremember that um i love all these uh i'm, I'm seeing someone wants uh the ghost of christmas past to visit their mother-in-law mm. after 38 years married to her daughter surely she can cut me a break mr k says <laughs> appreciate that um <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here and on this show. And thank you, uh, Anthony and Tamanik, who's going to be joining me in a little bit for our bonus episode for all the patrons. Again, patreon.com slash habituation room. We're talking about um, creeps in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. And in comedy, a little bonus for everybody. Some dirty laundry we're going to air. But, Tony, how can people find you in your work? Listen, all I want you to do is follow at phony collie show p-h-o-n-e-y-c-a-l-l-y there you go right there phony and collie show on twitter i want you to listen to it we have a huge christmas episode with paul f tompkins john gabris neil casey andrea rosen gil ozeri and of course uh john gemberling my co-host and i it's a christmas adventure that is completely sound designed it was improvised but we have songs we recorded in it it goes through it's time travel and vaccine stuff it's epic and we this is our ninth episode we're on everywhere you can get the apple uh apple spotify stitcher so listen rate and review just give it five stars don't like if if it's less than five still click five and then just write a review (laughs) about what you think underneath uh and that's it that's all i want people and what we do in the shadows obviously go check that out on hulu oh hell yeah um thank you so much for joining me at the very last minute you're always wonderful and everybody you can get more wonderfulness go to the podcast phony collie show but also pitch Pituation room. My God. Patreon.com is pituation room. Tony, take good care. Okay. See you next time. And thank you, everybody, for sticking around, for being here. Um, and of course, the ceremonial thanks for everyone's undying support. This is what I hope will be the fart song. Amazing. Thank you so much to the new patrons at $10 or more. There are none of you, but a few $5 ones. I see you. Thank you. But get that $10 shout out to the big tippers. Randy L. Robert G. Joseph L. You're so, so kind to the Twitch subs. 
Stanley 1953, Brandy Lou 2, Kathy 61, Lizzie Nepon, and GZP Rocks. I don't know how to say your name. And for the super chats, thank you, Joe Elizabeth, uh, Joe Eliza Lekio Johnson, Omega Shenron Dragon, Ken M, Kimberly McNaught, Mr. K, Progressive Chihuahua, and everybody else. You're so wonderful. And thanks as always to Ellie Hoffman, to Alexander Orness, to Maximilian Inhoff. We stream every Sunday, 580 Eastern. And oh yeah, it's going to be next Sunday, December 26th. Uh, tell me what you got for Xmas. Um, tell me what you watched. Tell me what you ate. Tell me what you drank. We're going to get into it. And remember y'all, fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, and don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye. <laughs>